Shalom, Chavarim. Welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with my old man. I'm Ron. I'm here. There you are. And uh, we are here finally getting back to this. It's been a little bit, and we apologize for that, but we've been here, there, and everywhere. A couple times to Israel, yeah. uh, some conferences in Dallas and California and Florida and all over the place, even a camp in Missouri. Lots of stuff going on. Wow. It is. It's been very busy. So we're back here in the studio now. That's it. The frozen tundra of the Kentucky basement, the podcast studio down here. Yeah. Uh, but we've been meeting lots of people. We've been uh, getting to know a lot of people. Uh, coming from all over the place, we're meeting a lot of Jewish people. Um, and some very interesting conversations that we're having around that and some things that we'll even get into as we're going to open up the discussion here for the next couple of episodes. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. People have found us uh, even online and then they contact us and it opens up the door for conversations and discussions on their Jewishness that some of them are really confused about. Yeah, and it's interesting and it's, I think it's also confirming that when they find us, there's a breath of relief. There's, there's oftentimes this right. like, yes, this is what I have needed to know. This is what I've been struggling with. And it feels pretty good to be able to meet people right where they're at and to be able to give some answers for people who are searching. Yeah. yeah it's, it, obviously, doors are opening. Yeah. And you know what's very interesting in all of my travels? Do you know one thing that people tell me that still just shocks me just a little bit? What's that? Okay. Now, I don't want you to get a big head about this. Uh -oh. We can't We can't afford bigger headphones at this point. So, uh -oh. But I, I want to say this. People like you. Well, of course, you know, as my Jewish mother used to say, what's not to like? Oh, I, I just, they they think, oh, your dad, like I'll show up somewhere and they'll say, where's your dad? Is your dad coming too? And I'll say, no, no, no we left him back home. And they'll say, but but we like him too. And I was thinking like, what? Yeah. Him? Yeah. Well, you know, I represent the old school. A lot of people, you know, the the stability of life. I Okay. If I was going to be honest, I kind of pictured this whole thing with the podcast and all this stuff. Like, you know the little motorcycles and it has, like, the little sidecar? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of picture you as the little guy in the sidecar yeah, yeah. over there. Yeah, and you'd probably like to lift the pin every once in a while, huh? <laughs> Just watch it go away there, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I, I have all these conversations, and people keep going. We have our, our Sabbath gatherings out here in Wilmore, and more the more I talk to people, the more I think, maybe I'm the guy in the sidecar. And when I pull the pin, I'm the one that's going to go off the road. <laughs> Look at that's, that. Look how happy yeah, it makes you. Yeah. And even the fact that you're yeah. laughing at that right yeah. now, and there's probably people that are rooting that on. They're cheering from their own little lonely place in their living room. Yeah. It's, uh, it's well, very sad. I don't know what to say. Yeah. So um, we stand right in the middle of really two groups of people. And I, I have some marketing background lately and been telling a lot of stories in the marketing space. And one thing that you do when you do marketing is they say, who is your audience? Who is it that you're trying to reach? Because if you can't identify who that audience is, who you're talking to, then you don't know what to say. Yeah. Right? Well, we have two audiences. That's our problem, right? Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. and we've talked to other friends who are marketing experts and you know, we're trying to determine all this, especially early on. And we said, like, we do. We have two audiences. And, and who are those two audiences? Well, one of those audiences is the church. Yeah. And the other audience is our Jewish people, Israel. Yeah, and we really can't pick one. And and what we're trying to do is, uh, and we'll, we'll say this again because, number one, 
we all need to be reminded that this is what we're doing. And number two, we, we forget very easily. But we say that this is like a two-act play. And all the Jewish people in the world bought tickets to this two-act play. They went in. They saw the first act. They thought it was great. At intermission, they got up, went out to the lobby, got a drink, and went home. Yep. And then all of the Christians, Gentiles, the church, they bought tickets to the same two-act play, but they got there late. And on their way in, the Jews were on their way out. They passed each other and really never saw each other again. But the the Gentiles have seen the second act and they got up and they left. And really, we stand in the middle of these two audiences and nobody's really seen or heard the whole story. And that is why we have these two audiences. We are trying to help Christians make sense of the roots of their faith, going back, turning the page back to the Old Testament, to that first act. And we're helping the Jewish people try to make sense of who Jesus is. Right. To remind them that Jesus is a Jewish Messiah. Right. And we go back and forth between the Old Testament and the New Testament, bringing all of those things to bear because it's just one story. Yeah. And, and when we go into this, a lot of times we find ourselves kind of in the middle of, of the forest and we're looking at a lot of trees. And every once in a while we pull out and we get a little bit of perspective. And the thing that we've been talking about lately is that as we look at these two groups of people, um, there really is this union, but it doesn't feel very united. Um, even right now, there's been certainly times in history where these two groups of people have not been united. Uh, but Really, this is an unprecedented union, and this is really the topic that we want to talk about over the next couple of podcasts, and we don't really have like things totally planned out or here's a, a long series, but you know, we want to talk about something until we kind of have wet the appetite and we start the conversation, and then we'll maybe come back to it. There'll be some blog posts about it, but what what is this unprecedented union? Well, I, I think as we look at the progress of history... Uh, in that it there there emerges this uh, kind of a remarkable phenomenon, and that is the simultaneous existence of two chosen people of God, that is to say Israel and the church. And as you know, we look into it deeper and we dive into it, uh, we are really going on a journey uh, trying to understand, and unravel this intricate relationship between the two groups. Uh, we're, we're living, I guess, in an unprecedented time, which is the only time I can, I can think of in history when Israel as a nation and the church have coexisted. So when we look at this, it's almost, it, it almost sounds blasphemous to say this, not, not even blasphemous, but really it just sounds incorrect because my entire life I've heard that God has his chosen people and his chosen people are the Jewish people. Right. But one thing that you said a few months back that kind of took me by surprise and I was almost getting ready to pick up the stone and throw it at you because it was so heretical it sounded in the beginning. But you said, really, there are two chosen people. And I said, yeah. what? No, you can't say that. Yeah. But you did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Explain yourself yeah. well, to the masses, and they can get the stones. Th this is the thing. There are, I think, two chosen people of God right now, uh, people of God, um, and the whole idea is that uh, there is Israel, who are a covenant people, and the church, who are a commissioned people. And the church, or Israel, I should say, is made up of ethnic Israel, the Jewish people. The church is made up 
of Gentiles, those from the other nations, and those from Israel, Jews. So the church is made up of Jews, ethnic Jews, and those from the other nations, the Gentiles, into this one group here. And so they are the commissioned people. So they have a completely different purpose. So is it, is it fair that the, the Jews can be in both groups? They're both the covenant people and the commissioned people? Kind of like having dual citizenship. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have to jump into that. Tell me, though, why does this matter? Because we know most of the, our audience, even though we're speaking to both the Jews and the Gentiles, we're speaking to Israel and the church, for, for a lot of our audience who are Christians, they are Gentile, why does this matter? Why, do, why even have this conversation to begin with? Well, I, I think it's uh, an important realization that we have to come to. You know, those of us who have become believers and followers of the Messiah, Jesus, you know, we, we say, you know, quite fervently that we are still Jewish, even though the church wants to say, no, you're one of us now, you're a Christian, to our Jewish brethren out there, uh, that means we've kind of changed jerseys and we've joined the other side. Right. And what we want to get uh, across is that uh, we are still Jewish and, you know, this designation of the people of God, the whole idea of the people of God actually comes from the application that is given to Israel in the Old Testament, but it has, I think, been broadened to include the nations, and that was something that God had always intended. So really when we're talking about this and really the role for the church is to realize that they are part of God's great plan, that this is not a, and I think this is important for us, especially uh, as, as Jewish followers of Jesus, the Messiah, is that God is not done with his Jewish people, that, that the covenant that he made with his covenant people, with his chosen people, um, is still in effect and that the commissioned people have not taken over. That's right. Um, the people who make up the body of Messiah, the church, we would say, um, is made up of Jews and Gentiles, and they have a completely different purpose in the plan of God than ethnic Israel, who God still has his hand upon. Uh, but God always uh, had a, a significant uh role for the nations coming to him and also being known as the people of God. For example, uh, scripturally, in Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 11, uh, Zechariah says, and many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day and shall be my people, and I will dwell in your midst, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. So it's interesting that, uh, you know, even Far back in the prophets, they looked forward to a time when the God of Israel is going to bring in the nations as well. Yeah. And so really, uh, there will be a restoration of all of these pieces. When we also now say that, that Israel, 
as a as a people, they are back in the land simultaneously existing right now on earth with the commissioned people. Yeah. With believers all throughout the land. So when you go to Israel even today, you have religious Orthodox Jewish people who are there. You also have Messianic believers that are there in the land. Yeah. Um, but now also in the land, there are churches, yeah. all kinds of different denominations and sects of churches, but they're all existing right now in that same space. Yeah. And, and the simultaneous existence of the church and Israel, what is significant is that Israel back in the land is really a super sign of, I believe, the times that we live in the end of days. In fact, you can go all the way back to Genesis as God gives his word. For example, in Genesis 49, Jacob is calling together all of the sons, the the 12 sons of of, uh, Israel and blesses them. And it says in Genesis 49, chapter one, it, it says he called them together to bless them about the things that will happen to them in the latter days. Hmm. Well, that's what the New American Standard Bible says. But in the Hebrew, it says, in the last days. And there is a focus moving forward. And this this occurs all through the Torah, that there is a focus of every time it says, in the latter days, it actually says in the Hebrew, in the last days, and moving toward that end. So Moses is moving toward the end of, of history. It's eschatology. It's what's going to take place in the last days. And here we find Israel in the land at the same time that the church, a commissioned people, is on the earth to take the gospel to Israel and to all the nations. Yeah. And even the fact that Israel is back in the land is a miracle. Right. And so one of the things that we talk about when we're on top of Masada is the scrolls that were found when Masada is discovered. The Jews are back in the land in 1948. They become a nation again. We just celebrated. I was in Israel celebrating the 75th anniversary of Israel, uh, their independence. But in 1949, a year later, and really all of these archaeological discoveries have happened in the last 75 years. Now that Israel's in the land, they start looking. In fact, I have a friend. What? Oh, is that? Oh, that's as old as you are. Oh, in 1949. Is that yeah. what you're, you're raising yeah. your hand over yeah. there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Man, it's amazing. what an old country. I had no idea. Yeah. But I, I have a friend that's up there. He's doing a dig in, uh, in Northern Galilee right now. But they go up to Masada in 1949. They go into the synagogue, into the scriptorium, and they find, they uncover scrolls. And these scrolls had not been opened since 73 AD after the, the temple in Jerusalem falls and you have the, the remainder, they, they run out and they flee out to Masada and they, they, there's a standoff with Rome until the final conquering. And they kind of stored them and hid them away. They, yeah. And, and what you can do and the difference, you know, between me just holding my Bible up and I close it, you can't tell where I read last, but when you have a scroll, you can tell. And two scrolls in particular, one was Deuteronomy, the other was Ezekiel. Uh. But can you imagine, they know the night before that they're going to be taken and, uh, yeah. well, really, the, the story, I'll, I'll save the story yeah. for when you come with us to Israel, yeah. but they are, they are reading and they are thinking prophetically. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. We just, we were talking about Moses just a, a minute ago and you're talking about Deuteronomy and when we get to the Song of Moses at the end of Deuteronomy, uh, what is it, chapter 31, 32, mm-hmm. again... 32. Yeah, again, 
uh, it says in Deuteronomy that these things will happen in the latter days again, but the real Hebrew interpretation is in the last days. Mm. It's another significant language uh, issue that the Torah is pointing to the last days. Mm. And, and so the find uh, of those scrolls, uh, you're, you're referring to Qumran. Uh, well, no, this is Masada. This is on Masada. It's on Masada, yeah, okay. right? We, we got the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. That's totally okay. different. But, That's different. But what, what, what they found and what they opened up in 1949, they opened up something that hadn't been opened up in, in almost 2,000 years. And this is what it said. This is Deuteronomy 30. And it says, when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord has driven you. So even before they go into the land, he knows that they're going to be driven out of the land. He's talking about their disobedience already. That's it, right? Yeah. Like, before he's going to talk about blessing and what's going to happen in the last days. That's right. Yeah, he's saying you will be driven out. He says, and return to the Lord your God, you and your children, you obey his voice and all that I command you today with all your heart and with all your soul. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. And have compassion on you, and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Yeah. He's going to gather. He's already gathering. He's doing it right now. Yeah. It says, if your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will take you, and the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed. Which is amazing. He's speaking prophetically yeah. as if you're going in. He says, you're going in, but you're also going to come out, but yeah. then you're going to go yeah. in again. I'm going to yeah. regather you and I'll just yeah. finish it here. And he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And when is all that going to happen? Well, it's happening right it's now. It's happening now. Yeah. But we, in Deuteronomy, uh, it says that it's going to happen in the last days, which means we're at the time of the end. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So this... This whole idea of Israel's restoration, the people of God, meaning Israel, are in the land right now, and we also have the commissioned people of God who are also alive today, and we're yeah. both coexisting at yeah. this point. And one of the things that you read there that, that was interesting that we ought to mention also is the fact that the text that you read said that God is going to bring them back from the north and from the different places in the earth. This is not a return as from the Babylonian captivity when they were just in one place. This is a worldwide return of all of the Jewish people back to their land. Yeah, and it's happening. In fact, uh, in unbelief. Yeah, and we'll have a we'll have a friend of ours on uh, the podcast coming up here. Spent some time with him in Galilee. His name is Chaim Mailspin. Yeah. And uh, he has a, a whole ministry there called the Aliyah Return Center that they are doing ministry for uh, Israelis. Well, new Israelis, people who've come, Jewish people who've come from the uttermost parts of the earth into Israel who oftentimes find it really difficult to live and survive in Israel. He's meeting their needs physically. Pretty amazing stuff going on yeah. there. Yeah. That'll be good. All right. So... Israel comes into the land. We have the Jewish people. We have who are the chosen people, the, the covenant people. And then we also have the, the Gentiles. We have the commission people. Yeah. Well, it's not just the Gentiles. That's right. It's also. It's Israel. It's Jews and Gentiles. A one new group of people uh, who have been brought together. Yeah. yeah. And so they're now together, both coexisting, and this is unprecedented. It, the, the thing that we've got to mention before we, before we stop is the fact that uh, when we look at the church, it looks so un-Jewish, hmm. you know? 
And I remember back in my days uh, in seminary, even before seminary, uh, I knew jo Dr. Charles Feinberg. And uh, he, in one of our discussions, mentioned something to me that comes out of Genesis uh chapter 9 and verse 27, and it, it says that uh, Japheth shall be enlarged, and he shall live in the tents of Shem. Well, Japheth represents the Gentiles, the nations, um, and Shem represents the descendants uh, of the promise that uh, the line that comes through Abraham, through David, to Jesus, and you know, what that verse says in Genesis is that uh, Japheth shall be enlarged and shall dwell in the tents of Shem. And what Dr. Feinberg said, which I have carried with me for decades now, is that, uh, you know, it was, it was meant for Shem to live in the tent, or for Japheth to live in the tents of Shem, but he was not supposed to kick Shem out of the tent. Right. And that's kind of what we're dealing with here when we talk about the existence of Israel and the existence of church and uh, really an understanding of who this commissioned people are and what the commission is. Yeah. And so what we want to do is uh, this was just the primer. Welcome to the little introduction of this unprecedented union. And what we want to do is take the next couple episodes uh, and we want to describe who are these people uh, specifically. Let's talk about and, and really open up this idea of God's covenant people, who are the Jewish people, and then God's commissioned people, which is made up of, we would think that it would be made up of just the Gentiles, but it's actually made up of the Jewish people and the Gentiles. Right. And so we'll, we'll bring some clarity around all of that. So do you want to finish out, close out with anything else? Or is that pretty much what we got going for this one? I, I think that's good for now. Uh, we'll look forward to the next time we get together and we will talk about uh, the difference and sameness <laughs> of the two people because they have a same destiny. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, either either we stop now or we go another 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> which is dangerous for us. All right, well, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we will be back with you soon. We promise we'll be on a more regular calendar here and a little bit more predictable. But uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, we say Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, especially now. Shalom. Shalom.